0: Just so happens, we're talking about unity today. So if you would turn to Mark chapter 2, we are starting a series today called Like Never Before. Uh, it comes out of Mark chapter 2, which if you've been here recently, that's all I've preached from. Mark chapter 2, I can't get enough of it. Uh, and really the same story over and over and over again. And I'm not necessarily one to uh, stay in one place for a long period of time, especially one story, because I find that in the church we can tend to read into Scripture that, rather than just read Scripture into our lives. You know what I'm talking about? We, we love to read into it what we want it to say. And so we'll say nice, clever things, and we'll say one-liners that sound great when you write them down, but don't work well when you try to live them out. And they, they're, they're clever, uh, but they're not really strong. There's not really any conviction in them. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And, uh, and before I even get started, I, I want to just say hi to Fred and Linda, who's here. Linda is fighting a battle, uh, and, and we are so glad you're here. Yeah. I've been fighting pneumonia, but... Um, was also recently diagnosed with uh, cancer. Third time she's battled cancer. Has won the other two times. She's going to win again. Amen. And so let's pray right now. Lord, we pray over Linda. Lord, we pray for healing. We pray for health. We pray that she is taken care of. We pray that uh, both of them have comfort and peace and strength in this time. Lord, I pray that we are a church that surrounds them and holds them up and and encourages them and supports them in every single step. So we pray healing and wholeness in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Awesome, Um, but we, uh, listen, Mark chapter 2, so this is where we are, vision series, uh, like never before, it comes out of the very last part of this, uh, out of this section of scripture, out of this story, Mark chapter 2, so I'm going to go ahead and read it, I know if you've been here the last several weeks, you would have heard it already, Uh, but we're going to read it again, how many of you know you can read the Bible more than once, might be good for you to do so, Mark chapter 2. Verses one through twelve. When when Jesus arrived in Capernaum, several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back. Home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room even outside the door. That's a key part of this story. Even outside the door. That, we're going to unpack that later in the next couple weeks so don't miss a Sunday. Uh, this is our vision series. We're going to be talking about what we're doing over the next year or two. Not just next year but beyond that. Uh, and we're really excited about it. But it really is important for you to understand that there were people outside the door. Sometimes we think the only people who get to see the miracle are the people standing inside the building and the problem with that is that we don't reach anybody outside the building, and I don't know if you've noticed, but this building couldn't contain everyone in this city, so if we want to see Jesus on every street and every heart, we can't depend on this building to do it. We have to depend on you and I to do it. We have to go outside the building, and I know that's a clever phrase, outside the four walls. It's what we do, but I I just, I just want you to understand the people, I'm getting ahead of myself because I love it so much, but the people who saw this man walking out of the door were not the people who heard Jesus say, you're forgiven, and not the people who heard Jesus say, pick up your mat and walk. They were the people that watch this man get carried to the top of a building get lowered in and all of a sudden he's walking out with the mat he was carried on in on and so for Jesus for people to see Jesus they have to see you come out of the building they they have to see you healed and whole and living life well amen so to see Jesus on every street and every heart is to see you on every street and in every heart amen okay well I'm gonna have to come up with a new week three um (laughs) Four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a map. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven, because they connected sickness to sin. They said if you were sick, that means you were sinful, either you or those before you. So Jesus is setting them up for a problem they didn't realize they were going to encounter. He says, My child, your sins are forgiven. So immediately they began to think something to themselves, and Jesus knew that. He knew why he said your sins are forgiven. What is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can and forgive sins. Jesus knew that. So why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to a paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or stand up, pick up your mat, and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sin. So he's not trying to confirm or affirm the belief that sin led to sickness, although in some cases it may. But that is not a, that is not a truth that we live by or a principle that stands firm. He, he, he's, he's not confirming that or affirming that. What he's trying to do is set them up so that they cannot deny his ability to forgive sin. So he said forgive sin to get them thinking about, well, that means you have to heal him. And so then he goes, well, isn't it more difficult to heal so then he goes in and says what? Says D- Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, "Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home." And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, walked out through the stunned onlookers. Walked where? Out through the stunned onlookers. They were all they were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, "We've never seen anything like this before. Like never before have we seen anything like this." That's the kind of church we desire to be is that you would walk out of these doors, you'd walk out of this place, out of this family, out of this community on a Sunday morning, a gathering of the good report on a Sunday morning because you have walked out of these doors and people have seen you and exclaimed and praised God and said, we've never seen anything like this before. I've got a few people that I want to just share a story. We, we told you last week, and we had uh, Gabe share his story. It was awesome. He came out Friday night for Jurgen and Bishop Jakes. And those aren't just the names. I mean, we had guys who discipled 700,000 men in the room that you would never know. You just would never know. You'd have no idea. They're just going to walk in and hang out. And uh, just tens of thousands of churches planted. Uganda has seen a whole country change because of a guy who began to disciple men and disciple fathers and husbands. I mean, it's just unbelievable, uh unbelievable weekend. But Gabe shared last week, he texted me Saturday morning because he got to come Friday night. He said, man, that was unbelievable. So next year, fellas, yeah. register. Yeah? Let's pack it out. Um, let's be the church that brings a bunch of young men into the place and uh, it's gonna be good. I'm excited about it. But I've got three guy, three people not three guys, three people uh, who have uh, who have, have really come into our community and, and made it part of uh, who they are and uh, and have taken on some new things. And, and I'm really excited to have them here to share their story. And we really, as this vision series, as we look ahead, what I wanted to do is take a second. Over the last 18 months, uh, since we started C3 Fort Worth in April, uh, we've seen people come in and become family and wanted them to share a bit of their story and a little a bit of, of why they believe C3 Fort Worth matters and what it's about. And so I wanted to thank God because I believe thank Thanksgiving keeps me giving. Um, I believe Thanksgiving keeps me generous, keeps me with an open hand. So, would you welcome real quick Will and Claire Meyer and Mary as they come up to share this morning? Are you gonna? Yeah, you can. Yeah, that'd be great. Look at that. Mary's just a leader. You guys, come on up here. You guys, you stand on that side. No, no, you yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, this is my good ear, so I wouldn't be able to hear you otherwise. Um, but they actually, they started coming to John and Kristen's dinner party, and uh, John and Kristen, amazing connectors, man. Just an incredible gift to hospitality and an ability to just, everybody wants to hang out with them. Uh, makes me feel a little insecure, but... Um, <laughs> But I'm just so thankful for them and welcoming and opening their home, even in a busy life that they are, event coordinators and and banking and moving into politics, and I'm just super thankful for them. But I want to just kind of get Will and and, and Claire and Mary to share a bit about their story in Fort Worth and really what they believe uh, their story in Fort Worth and how C3 Fort Worth is going to reach the city and how it maybe already has. And so, uh, Mary, why don't you start us off. Are you ready to go? Do I need to yeah, ask a I mean, leading question? A or... No. Well, I mean, I can give you one if we need it. Um, I've got a few things to cover, so. Okay. All right.
1: Um, so, yeah, you just want to know about my journey. Yeah, yeah, To yeah. C3. Okay, well, um, about two years ago, I was working in a brew pub off of Magnolia, and um, I grew up in the church had really kind of moved away from, from God through circumstances in my life that I allowed to happen um, or just took me away and I made the choice to separate myself from church. So um, God had really been working in my life and um, I'd still had a relationship with him, but it was very tumultuous. And so um, I just began longing for community. I had friends uh, in the place that I worked in um, not Christian friends at all, but a community. And I just began to really ache and long for that spiritual connection. Yeah. So I just began asking God, you know, bring me somebody, show me who I can connect with, because I don't I don't know how to do this anymore. And um, Amanda and Jay Wright um, mm-hmm. would come into the pub, and, uh, well, Jay Wright used to come in, and he's, he brought a, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Um, He brought his wife one time. He's like, I think you'd like my wife. And I was like, okay. And I met her and I was like, she's way better than you. Why don't you just bring her all the time? So occasionally she would come up and she would bring Kristen McCurdy with her and they would come up and they visited with me. And it was, it was somebody coming into my world and saying, we care about you and we want to talk with you and we just want to be your friend. And they established that relationship with me long before the word church came up. And um, I remember Amanda saying, hey, because I had shared with her some of my struggles. And she said, hey, there's an interest meeting happening in a couple of weeks at John and Kristen McCurdy's house. You should come. And I thought, there it is. I asked for it, Lord. There it is. (laughs) So I went. And then I waited another year before I started coming to the church. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. I
1: I still wasn't ready to put some things aside. um, But... But it was a relationship with people in my workplace that drew me to C3. And then at that interest meeting, I met several people, several people. And every time I saw them on Magnolia, they would come in wherever I was working. They would come in and say, hey, Mary, how are you? And I was like, how do these people know me? I didn't realize y'all had like six pictures of me. (laughs) Yeah. But they came in and they're like, they talked to me, you know, like I was... A person. I remember you came through one time, and you were you just visited with me. It was just a few little words, but I thought, man, if this is what commun- this community is like, I want to be a part of that. Wow. And so, wow. January of this year, I made a conscious decision to sacrifice some personal things and start coming to this church. Yeah. And immediately, it was community, and that's that's what I need. That's what I long for. And I won't bring up enneagrams because you know, <laughs> but. But for who I am um, on that, I need that community. I need a community of believers around me who who build me up, who strengthen me, who say, we're going to love you no matter what. And that's what C3 was. It was a we're going to love you no matter what, no matter where you are in your life, whether you are, you know, blaming God for what happened to you or whether you realize your sin situation and everything that it encompasses we're going to be here for you and yeah. we're going to be your friend and come we're on. going to encourage you because we failed, we failed too. And we're just all trying to get through this thing together. Yeah, and so for me, that's what I needed. And that's exactly what it is. And just being here just was a complete change of heart. And, and all of a sudden I, I wanted to serve.
0: Yeah. I
1: didn't care what I did. And I think I even told Shane and T that through first steps, they're like, well, what do you want to do? I'm like, I don't care. What do you need? Like I'll do it. I don't care. <laughs> I, I don't know how to do some things, but I'll learn. Just where do you need me? Yeah. And that was because my desire so much was to to serve out of the the, the gratefulness of my heart. Yeah. I was able to see God's grace, and I saw it through the people of C3.
0: Wow! Come on. Isn't that interesting, man? We, sometimes we ask people to come into our world and visit our church and visit our place and visit our thing and make them the missionaries. Isn't that weird?
1: Yeah.
0: We should be those people, yeah? Going into the streets, going into the places that people are, where they already exist, and just being there for them. So uh, just commending uh, uh, Amanda and Josh and John and Kristen and others who stop in and say hello. Wow. And that's what a city needs, isn't it? And now uh, Mary runs our hospitality team and runs a dinner party. Um, and she, is, uh, she, she loves it. Some of her friends are coming and hanging out at the table on Wednesday nights every once in a while. And, and, uh, and people that have not been in church maybe aren't willing to come to church. And how many of you know if, if, our church is limit, if our church experience is limited to this place? Um, there's a lot of people who are going to miss out. Yeah. And So we want people to experience our church whether or not they've stepped foot in it. I want them to experience it because they've hung out with you and they've talked to you and uh, man, it's so good. So Will and Claire have come along over the last year as well and uh, just love them. Amazing people. Um, uh, Just love their heartbeat and, and generous. Just like they're, you know, really all three of these guys are very skilled at what they do. They're very good at what they do. And you never talk to them thinking, man, I'm not good at anything. Um, they're just nice. They're good people. They're generous people. And even as good as they are at what they do, um, they just they just care about you. And, and I love that. So, Will and Claire, yeah, share a little bit for you guys. I can
2: start, but I feel like we'll probably need another mic or Claire will grab it while I'm talking. <laughs> <laughs> just the way we tell stories. Um, but it, it's interesting for us, too. It was Um, we were actually going to another church, a local church, that we love and still have a heart for. Um, But it was about 20 minutes away from here. And we just, after we got married, we were living downtown in Fort Worth and just were starting to have a heart for the city and wanting to be in the city and love the city and and Mm -hmm. be here, not constantly driving back to Dallas where we used to live or hanging out in other places as much as we have friends all over DFW we were looking for somewhere in Fort Worth to call home and find community and we had looked and looked and hadn't found it and then um, I was at work and Claire was starting her freelance business and went downtown to open a bank account and John was her banker. (laughs) (laughs) Let's
1: just say it took a really long time to open that account. There was a lot of talking going on. (laughs) But we would, we would kept going in, and he would yeah. mention C3, and then I think we were purchasing a house, no. and we were kind of at, like, that point where we were just so frustrated with not being in community, and we were, like, there was almost, like, an element of, like, Lord, we need something closer to us, yeah. and we bought our house, and then he said that the church moved, literally, I think if the highway wasn't here, we could walk yeah. to church, yeah. like, <laughs> so... Yeah that is true but like the level of closeness was like yeah. a really just like sweet answer to prayer for like the season mm-hmm. we were in
2: yeah, so that's for us that's that's like a microcosm for us at C3 that mm-hmm. the way we found the church was just living our life when yeah. someone else was living their life, just doing their job and then we made a connection and then as we go to dinner party, it's all of us having dinner, living life, meeting other people and then as we find out whoever is involved doing different things, they're living their life, doing their passions, providing whatever they can for the church which just enriches the community, enriches the city, it just yeah builds and builds so that for us was huge and really just made us feel like we were at home in c3 that's
0: awesome and one of the things that these guys are doing they're taking over our 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 creative team building that team it's one of i think one of the stronger parts of our church and 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 uh and i love it and i and i I, you know as we've sat with these guys and talked and hung out and we i get to see uh Claire and Mary on quite a bit, because they office out of the same place that I do, and and it was a place where I would just hang out and just get some work done, and now it's a place where I go and see C3 fam. Um, there's a bunch of Jessies there, and but I like Jessies, so it's okay. Um, <laughs> But I love that, and I really do want this church. One of the things we've talked about even with our creative team is that we don't really want to do something on Sunday that can't live on Monday. And that's really our desire. Our hope is that we don't build a creative team that's just all about making sure the Sunday experience is great, which we want it to be, and I think it is. Uh, Worship team, phenomenal job today. What we really want to do is make sure that we're creating tools and creating opportunities and creating stories that live on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And, and, And the truth is... Um, that we love to measure how many people made decisions on Sunday. And that's phenomenal. Um, I think it's amazing. Sunday is just as important as any other day. But I will tell you that the moment we can start measuring how many people make decisions on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, that's when we'll see something change this earth. Amen? And, And so I believe these guys are part of that. And so I'm thankful for stories like this of people who have found our church just being part of the city. I love that. And that their heart and desire to serve this place, but also be good at what they do. And and be empowered in what they do. And whether you're a stay-at-home mom, or you run a freelance design company, or you're a marketing director, or, or whatever you do, that you be great at it. And you be empowered in it. And because Christ is in you, because the Holy Spirit witnesses to who Jesus is in your life, you take that wherever you go. And now the limits are off. Now you don't get to worry about which corner you're carrying. You just grab whatever corner is in front of you, and you take people to Jesus. We've got too many people floating around because they've lost the overall, overarching, universal call of every believer to, to go and make disciples of all nations. That they're worried about, who am I, who am I, who am I? And the reality is you find out who you are as you make him first. And you just pick whatever candle. And then through that, you realize, well, I'm not actually good on that side. So it's not a selfish thing. It's actually how can I help better? How can I be more effective? How can, I, how can I reach more people? It's amazing. Would you give it up for these guys one more time? So good. So good. I love them. I love their heart for the church. And I'm sure they would want to share more. I, I kind of stole them. Were you guys done, Will and Claire? Were you done? No? Come back. Are you for real? No, I'm seriously. Were you done? Okay. Okay, I want to make sure you're joking because you got more to say. I want to hear it. Come back next Sunday to be continued. <laughs> so that's what we're about. And there's story after story after story after story of people like that. And we said this a couple weeks ago, and I think uh, Pastor Scott preached this a couple weeks ago um, is, is that sometimes you feel like everything's not right in your, your life. Because you zoomed out and you said, well, everything's not fit, everything's not perfect, everything doesn't work, and so you don't tell your story, you don't talk about Jesus, you don't let Jesus work in you because you've zoomed out, and we've tried to encourage you to zoom in, whatever it is, whatever it is, wherever it is that God has done something in your life, zoom in on that, be thankful for it, celebrate it, share it, and watch as it begins to work its way into other places. We, 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 just, we just get so unthankful because not everything works. And we said this last week. We, we assumed that the paralyzed man in Mark chapter 2 had everything together once he walked out the door. My, my guess is after, after having been paralyzed for a length of time that he didn't have a job and that he had people he hadn't seen in a while. And that he still had to figure out how to walk effectively. And, and just because God hasn't figured out everything for you, or he probably has, but you just haven't gotten there just yet. It doesn't mean he hasn't done something. And so, zoom in on the something. Because you got some things to figure out. That's fine. But if you zoom in on what he's already done, then maybe you'll have faith for what he can do. Amen? Okay, we got a few things to talk about. I, I, the, 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 the word that shows up most in this story we just read out of Mark chapter 2. And my title today for you is They Did What? <laughs> they Did What? Anybody know that? You ever said that? Yeah. They They did what? Sometimes it's a good thing, sometimes not so good thing. But the word that shows up in Mark chapter 2 over and over and over again is the word they. They. In fact, it's the word that's referenced four or five times in this story, more than any other word referenced, is the word they. And it speaks to this idea of unity. Unity is one of my life's messages, for sure, 100%. I believe most of the gospel is about unity, It's about relationship. It's about reconciling us to God and us to people. In fact, most of the fruit of the Spirit is about relationship. You don't need the fruit of the Spirit if you ain't hanging out with anybody. What do you need love for? Look, God did not give you love to love yourself. Some of us think if I would love myself first, I'll love other people. No, that's, that would be sowing what you have, what, that would be trying to reap what you have not yet sowed. Man, love people and watch as all of a sudden something fills your heart and life. And so, so this, I mean, the whole thing's about bringing people together. And Ephesians says, says this multiple different ways, but it says in one place it says that, uh, man, make every effort to dwell in unity of the Spirit. Unity is where God commands the blessing, as the psalmist says. It's where the anointing flows, uh, down the, the beard of Aaron, as he says. And then he says, uh, and it's like the dew of Hermon, which is a mountain, which is surrounded by desert. But because of the way the mountain is shaped and the clouds come in, there is one section at the bottom of that mountain that actually is teeming with life. It's, it's, it's got dew that shows up, and so there's plants that are growing in the midst of the desert. So the idea is that when you get unified, you are, you are anointed, refreshed. And then it says that it's where God commands the blessing, and you're blessed. It's in unity. It's when you get connected to other people. Now, the the, the challenge with unity is that unity in and of itself has no virtue. Unity in and of itself is assigned its virtue based upon what it is unified around. Does that make sense? So it can be bad unity, or it can be good unity. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anyone have more than one child? then you know what I'm talking They did. What? <laughs> or maybe you watched the 2011 Dallas Mavericks win a championship. It feels so long ago. And you look at the roster of that team and you go, they did. What? Who did they play? Was it like the Globetrotters? What was going on? Well, no, it was LeBron, Chris Bosh, and Dwayne Wade. And they made fun of Dirk. And they found out what happens when you make fun of the big German. I told Jurgs this week, Jurgs has a German background, and and I told him, I said, you know, we have the best uh, player, international player of all time playing in this city, and he's from Germany, and he was like, what? I'm just going to say that a lot. They did what? It's amazing what happens when you get connected to they, but it can be positive or negative. I know my parents probably at times were like, they did, I'm sorry, they did what? What do you mean they, how, what? Why did they do, why is there food all over the floor? Why is that all out of the cabinet? Why is, anybody know what I'm talking about? I told my, my youngest son this morning, two years old, I said, stop throwing that. And then I look back and I watch my older son say, no, keep doing it. <laughs> so I picked up what they threw and I threw it right, no, I'm just joking. Um. They did what? But it is amazing sometimes what you can do if you get connected to the right they. Sometimes we are in the midst of something good but get connected to the wrong people. And so we can't participate in what is going well because we are participating in something that keeps us limited. They did what? And I want to talk to us today because as we move into Vision Sunday, December 2nd, where we're going to unite in heart and in hand, uh, both in our spirit and in, in, in our lives and the resources that we have towards what God wants to do in, over the next couple of years in our church. By the end of 2020, we have a very specific vision that we want to put in front of you, and I'm excited about that. Um, I wanted to talk about unity because it matters that we are the they that does something significant. We are the they that helps people see the real, authentic Jesus. We are the they that helps people see Jesus on every street and in every heart. So I want to give you three things that we get united around, uh, three things that we need to be united around. In, in the story, you see four men, and, and, and it's interesting, in other, it, 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 depending on the translation you read, you find out that it's not just four men. There's four men carrying the mat, but then there's a bunch of other people that are actually co- traveling with them. You don't always read it that way. You always read it as these four random guys. But there's actually four men arrive carrying a mat. And in certain translations, or if you read it out of the Matthew, you, you, begin, you begin to realize that there's actually a group of people that are moving with them towards this house where Jesus is. And, and so there's a few things that we need to be united around or united in so that we can see God do something we've never seen before or something like never before, How many of you want to be a church uh, that people have never seen before? How many of you want to be a church, uh, part of a lot of great churches around the city, where we are doing something like never before? Because God has put something in this church that is different than what he's put in that church, and both of them are necessary. Yeah. And so if this vision resonates with you, then click in and let's go. Amen? Yeah. So we want to be united. What, what happens is these four men arrive, and, and they're carrying a man on a mat. And then they can't quite get to the house, so they go up on top of the house and they begin to dig. Now, again, it's not necessarily the type of situation where they're cutting a hole through shingles and moving everything out and busting up uh, all your your house. There's actually some, not ease, but there was definitely an ability to do this without ruining the house, okay? Um, and, And so these guys dig a hole in the roof, and then they MacGyver some kind of contraption to lower this man into the house. I'm sure the paralyzed man enjoyed the ride. Lowers the man into the house, and so we are united in sacrifice, United in sacrifice, in other words, we are united for the sake of because sacrifice is to is to let go of something of value because we have assigned greater value to something else We, 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 uh, we have said as much as I value this i 'm laying it down just like you heard from Mary she had to sacrifice some things that she'd done for a long time even with her family she said I've got to lay this down so that I could pick up this other thing see we always make the assumption that these four men had nothing better to do like I would pick up the mat if I had nothing going on if I wasn't so busy if I didn't have this issue or if this wasn't a challenge or we we just assume that that these guys showed up with nothing else going on in their lives. But there's a very good chance that these four men had a job, had a family, had circumstances that might have been good, might have been bad, but it didn't matter. They saw something that needed to be taken care of, so they united in sacrifice, or they united for the sake of someone else. They assigned a value, and said, we've got to do this, we've got to take care of this. And so we find out what we value based upon what we sacrifice. We will find out what we value in our lives based upon the things we will sacrifice for it. If I want to read my Bible, i got to get up 15 minutes earlier. Will I sacrifice that 15 minutes of sleep to get up and... Read my Bible. Will, will I sacrifice uh, this time with that so that I can have this time with that? Will, you know, will I sacrifice some Wednesday night plans so that I can get around the table with some people in my life that are going to speak hope and joy and purpose in me? Will I sacrifice some things that are good? They're not. They, are, they have value. But I'm going to to go and find even greater value in certain things. And it's not even, we understand that these four men weren't there forever. So it might even be a season where you are sacrificing certain things just so that you can do something and get it moving in the right direction. And then you can go back to what you were doing. But the idea is that sacrifice assigns value. It's why the gospel is so good. Because John 3.16 says what? For God so loved the world that he gave his son because he assigned a value to you, and you saw that value in what he was willing to sacrifice. For the sake of people, we will sacrifice. As a church, for the sake of people, we will lay things down. For the sake of, we could do, you know, we could even orient certain things about our church certain ways, and, and, but we, that would be, be easier or simpler, whatever it is, but what we want to do is make sure that people see Jesus, and sometimes that means we do things that might take a little more effort, might take a little more planning, might take a little more resource, but we're going to do it because we want to see people see Jesus, and we are united in sacrifice for the sake of people, The next thing that you want to be united in, the next thing we want to be united in, is united in faith. Because the sacrifice of these four men, the sacrifice of these four men put this man in front of Jesus. It it, it is interesting, if I just would step backwards a little bit, uh, it is interesting that when you begin to sacrifice certain things, you begin to find your tribe. You begin to find, how many of you know that you got some friends who sacrifice the same thing as you do? you find that you find some friendships. Even here, you find some friends that you didn't realize you would ever be friends with a person like that. That's the beauty of the body of Christ. The testimony of the body of Christ should be that we don't all look the same and come from the same background and even like all the same things, but we are willing to sacrifice our lives that we might know Jesus and see Jesus on every street and every heart. We, we get united around that, and so now all of a sudden there's a group of people that don't all look exactly the same, but they are beautiful as they are because every brick, every stone placed together to be the dwelling place of the Lord Jesus, to be the dwelling place of the presence of God, and, and we are all different, but that's what unity is made of. We, we are not uniform. We are united and so we, we, we find our tribe, and when we find our tribe, we begin to do things. They did what? Man, I want, I want to hit the end of 2020 and someone look at us and go, knowing where we've been and knowing where we're at now, and go, they did what? I've never seen anything like that before. So I want to be united in sacrifice, and that, that's kind of heavy, so maybe I need to give you another word. I want you to be united. I want us to be united in Faith. United in faith. To be united in faith is to be united for the future. So if you're united in sacrifice for the sake of people, we are united in faith for the future of people. I, I couldn't imagine uh, these men carrying this other man without any belief that it was going to do any good. Without any, without any belief that something might happen if they just get him to Jesus. Now, 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 fear is a motivator, and, and, and maybe someone could have, could have uh, brought fear into their lives and tried to get them to do something out of fear, but it would not have resulted in the same thing. Faith and fear are the same thing, believing that what you cannot see will come to pass. But it's from a different place. It is from a different source. So faith is fixing your eyes on Jesus, as Hebrews 12 says. I fix my eyes on Christ, the author and perfecter of my faith. I run this race because Jesus ran his, and I put my eyes upon him. And whenever I feel like things are beating me down, I can look upon his sacrifice and know that I can make this. I can make it through. I can keep going. To be united in faith is to be united in future, to see the same thing, to be all going to the same God. Could you imagine if they all four had different solutions for this paralyzed man? Could you imagine if they all thought that, the, well, I know a guy down the road. Well, yeah, but I've got this dude who reads certain things. And, I, well, I've got this person that does this weird yoga stance, like a dog thing. And, and I, got, I got this thing. And, and none of those are necessarily bad. But, but, but to say that they all believe that they, you know, we just got to get them to Jesus. If we could be united in faith and united for the future, the people would see Jesus and unlock who they are and unlock what God wants to do in them. And that's why faith has a language to it. That's why even in this building on a Sunday morning, you are going to hear people speak about a future that you haven't seen yet because they have, but they haven't seen it out here. They've seen it in here because faith is the evidence of something. And so our language should have a faith to it. Our language should have a future to it. We should, we should speak with a... It's, it's so easy for me to speak about my past and even sometimes to speak about my present as though it will always be my present. See, I don't like getting around people that only ever talk about the present circumstances or the present character of a person or the present situation of a person or the present struggles of a person. I want to get around some people who have a future view of their person, a future view of that person, a future view of the circumstance, a future view of what might be. It is not to discount the present time, but it is to bring the future into the present time. It's what eternity should do for you and I. We should have an eternal view of life that impacts how I live my temporary present. And so I want to be a person who has a faith that speaks to future. And what's amazing about the story is you see these four men lower in front of Jesus. And Jesus looks at the men and says, oh, I see your faith and you are forgiven. Which if there's anything forgiveness is about, it's about your future. Forgiveness is about removing what you thought defined you, removing what you struggled in, removing your sin, removing the condemnation that comes with it, and saying, no, 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 I'm going to convict you or challenge you because I have set you free from what was and I've forgiven you so that you might walk in what can be. Forgiveness is about right alignment so that I can see where I need to be and where I s- oh, that rhymed. Sorry, I just noticed those things. Where I can go. I want, I want to be a church. I want to be a people. I want to be a, a pastor that sees the future of people, not just the present. I, I want to see a church. I want to be a church that sees the future of a city, not just the present. I, I want to see be a church that sees the future of your street, not just the present. I, I want to see, uh, be a church that sees the future of that school, not just the present. I, because if I can see the future, I'll get in the midst of the present. I won't get involved in the present if I can't see the future. If I can't believe for something greater, then I will just condemn it for what it is right now and leave it. But if I can believe that God can do something in the future of it, then I will get involved in the present of it. And I will bring something into it. I am passionate about being united in sacrifice and united in faith because faith will bring forgiveness for someone in your life. The, the paralyzed man never says a prayer. The paralyzed man never says a thing. He doesn't ask for forgiveness. He doesn't ask for healing. He doesn't, he just, I guess it was just assumed that he wanted it because he showed up at the feet of Jesus. And Jesus looks at him and says, you're, I see their faith, so you're forgiven. Man, can we be a church that raises our expectation of the future so that we can have some people walk in and just feel and know, God forgives me. God gives me grace. And it's not even because I had the faith It's because these people had the faith to bring me into the place and say, man, you see Jesus? He values you. Look what he sacrificed for you. That's what I want to be a church. I want to be a church that sees a future. The third thing we want to be united in. United in sacrifice, united in faith. We want to be united in praise. United in praise. If we're united in praise, it's for the glory of God. So we're united in sacrifice for the sake of. We're united in faith for the future of, and we're united in praise for the glory of God. It's amazing. I love this story because because the they gets bigger at the end. The they uh, grows larger. It started with a a few people bringing this paralyzed man to Jesus, and and then they lower him in front of Jesus, and Jesus heals them. And then uh, he gets up. Jesus says to get up. He picks up his mat. He walks out of the building, walks out into the streets. One translation says he actually walks into the streets. And you saw here it says that he walked out in front of the stunned onlookers, right? And the people saw it, and they were, if you just look through the gamut of translations, it says things like astonished, amazed, amazed. Astounded. No, they don't all start with A, but those are the ones I picked. <laughs> I'm blown. I can't even believe it. And because they were amazed and astonished, because they lived, they saw, and they were amazed by what they had just witnessed come out of the door, they praised God. They gave thanks to God. They glorified God for what they had never seen before. If we could just live a bit more amazed in life, we would have a little more praise in our mouths. If we just, li- you know, I've always said this. I, I, think, I think we should live impressed, not with ourselves, but if we would be impressed by God, we would make an impression on others. I mean, that's how, that's how movies get rated, isn't it? If I can make an impression on you then you will rate my movie and you will make an impression on others. That's how music gets spread around, isn't it? That's how ridiculous Fortnite dances make it out there, right? If you, if you are impressed by something, some of you are like, I don't even know what that is. That's okay. If I can, be, if I can live impressed with an impression of the Holy Spirit on my life, what God's done... Then, then maybe I'll begin to make an impression on other people. See, I've found that the, the greatest issue in our life is not, uh, is not believing God for anything. It's not believing God for what he's already done. If I can just be more impressed by what he's done, then I will live with a greater impression on other people. And so they walk out of the house, and, 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 and these people are amazed, and they're praising God. They're praising him for what God has done. I'm praising him for all the things that have happened. And what, what our desire is, is not necessarily to have a great praise and worship service, but to have a city that is praising God because of the stories that are coming out of this place. So as we move forward to December 2nd, you're going to see more stories happening. And we're going to, to empower you and encourage you to begin to share your story, even if it's not perfect. Because if they see you, they'll see Jesus. Wherever you are. Whatever you're still dealing with. God has set you free. And what, see, what the freedom that we have is not that we will never find ourselves in difficult circumstances again, but we will never fa- find ourselves submitted to those circumstances ever again. We will never be defined by those circumstances ever again. Our freedom is far greater than an external freedom. See, we live in a culture that just simply wants to be free from things. <laughs> but a freedom from something with nothing to go into is no freedom at all. It's confusion. And so you have a bunch of young people who go, I just want to live free. Fine, do that. Problem is, freedom was not made for the sake of being free from something, but it was made so that you might be free into something, that you might be given into something, that you might submit your life to something that is actually worth giving your life to. So so here's, here's, here's where we're at. We want to be united in sacrifice, and worship team can come on up. We can be united in sacrifice for the sake of, united in faith for the future of, and united in praise for the glory of. And as we move forward to December second, as we move towards that day, I, I want us to. I wanted to start with unity, because unity isn't necessarily uh, all about. Uh, our own opinions our own desires our own wants unity is about realizing there are people who are paralyzed and we need to see we need to sacrifice for the sake of them and we need to see the future of them and we need to do that so that we might see the glory of God in their life and people would begin to praise God because they've never seen anything like this before And for some of you today, you might actually be hearing this and you're going, that sounds great, man. I love how you're pumping up your church and getting excited about your church and inspiring your church. But I don't understand how that connects to me. Well, remember how we started this. They did what? And if you just get connected to the right they then your life might actually change there might be some people who are willing to carry your corner that you did not realize would carry your corner there might be some people who will take you up on the roof and lower you in front of Jesus even though it might look a little scary at moments and Jesus will speak life over you and you've been trying to do it all on your own and God's saying no join the family There are people who want to carry your corner, and you might look different. You might have certain opinions that are different, but if we can all agree on who Jesus is, if we can all agree on that Jesus gave everything and assigned a value to you and I, and his desire is that that value is now given to other people and to our city, that we would be the church and build the city. Let's be people who walk into our city and walk into our streets and walk into our workplace and walk into our family and walk into our group of friends and let them see Jesus in us. But some of you, again, you might be sitting here, man, I'm not even sure about all this. Well, you can join in. You can connect yourself to a new they. You can join into a new group of people who believe in the future of your life. Where other people might see a paralysis, we see purpose. Where other people might see death, we see life. Where other people might see chaos, we see peace. And where other people might see discouragement, we see hope. We are a community of people built on faith, hope, and love. We see it, we have an expectation for it, and we'll give everything for it. And, And maybe today is your opportunity, through Christ, to join a new they. To connect up with a new they. And so that you can see a they that begins to say, I've never seen anything like that before. Would you bow your heads with me? God, I thank you so much for today. I thank you right now.